What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hang Time Headlines. This is your host, John, here. Today, we're going to be talking about the NBA draft, which happened last night, and, you know, a little bit about the other moves that were made throughout the league. Before we get into it, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. We're really trying to rack up that sub count, get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, and we would really appreciate it if you could lend us your support. Thanks. So let's get into it. So first we're going to be talking about the Russell Westbrook trade. He is now a Laker. This is the biggest trade probably since the James Harden trade. Not as not nearly as as close, but you know, Russ is still really really good and it's the Lakers, so this is going to be news. You know, um I will I will straight up say I don't like this move really all that much. You know, for the Lakers in terms of championship hopes, you know, at face value, I just don't really see the appeal specifically for LeBron. He's been someone who's thrived when he's got three point shooting around him. And I don't really like the outlook for the Lakers if they're one of the bottom three teams in three point shooting next year. I mean, Russ is just a categorically terrible three point shooter. He's one of the worst this league has ever seen for the amount that he takes. He is an undeniable talent and he's super aggressive. He gives his all. He's a plus defender. He gets boards and he will get 10 assists every game. I understand the appeal, but you sacrificed a lot of your death. They packaged together Kuzma, KCP, and Montrose Harrell in order to make the contract situation work. And then they gave up their first round pick in this year's draft. Now, there was speculation right down to the wire that it was actually going to be Buddy Heald who they traded for. Apparently, they were in serious contract talks with the Kings right before the draft started. And pretty much at 8 o'clock Eastern time, it came out that Westbrook and the Wizards had decided on a package and are sending Russell Westbrook to L.A. You know... I don't know which one's better, honestly, because nobody's going to tell you that Buddy Heald is a better player than Russell Westbrook. That's just foolish. But in terms of the fit, I don't think it's really the right move because the thing is, if I think they go for someone like Buddy Heald, there's so much upside because, I mean, even though he, he's been on a terrible team, Buddy Heald is one of the best three-point shooters in the league right now. He's still young. He's still an asset. Russell Westbrook is old, and he can't space the floor. He's just going to try to bulldoze into the lane, and when he does take that three, it's going to clank off the rim. When LeBron James is your best three-point shooter on that team now, that just does not bode well. I mean, he's a career 35% three-point shooter. That's just that's not going to cut it in today's day and age. You know, I mean, no, but you don't have to dominate with threes. But you need someone who's going to be there to hit that occasional three to put you up one with six seconds left. And LeBron, who's one of the greatest drivers of the basketball ever, can't do it all when he, all he has is AD out there on the wing. He's, AD is going to be covered. You need Buddy Heald there to space the floor. But I do see one definitive upside is that with LeBron's age and AD's inconsistency being able to play, Russ is someone who's really going to be able to 
carry you throughout a regular season. Okay, maybe not carry you, but he's going to be there in the times when LeBron isn't, and there's the offense isn't totally going to stagnate. Because even when they won the championship, what was the main issue? It was that nobody was there to pick up orchestrating the offense and scoring points when LeBron went off the floor. It was a total disaster offensively. And until Rondo showed up in the playoffs, and when Rondo pretty much outperformed everyone's expectations of him in that playoff run, you know, that's when they finally did it. They broke through and they, they looked unstoppable. But if LeBron next year was the only dependable orchestrator of the offense, they weren't going to win a championship. They were going to wear him down. And if AD got hurt, which he definitely would, it would just be more the stress on him. And LeBron's aging, no matter what any of us do about it. But if despite this Westbrook trade and them alleviating any kind of extreme pressure that there is on LeBron to be the only one who's capable of running that team, I think the ceiling is going to be really low. Because if he gets injured and AD is inconsistently in and out of games, once they hit the playoffs, that ceiling is going to be really low. That's, that's all I'm trying to get at. So moving on now, just talking about the NBA draft for a little bit. The NBA draft went about as expected, you know, for the first three picks. And then uh, everything kind of just got thrown out the window. The first five, what I saw on draft boards in the weeks leading up to last night, there seemed to be a consensus top four picks. And that would be Cade, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, and Evan Mobley. But the Raptors at four came out of left field and picked Scotty Barnes, a not particularly amazing scoring wing, instead of drafting Jalen Suggs. Even though they're about to lose Kyle Lowry, he's old, and you have an angry Pascal Siakam. If you have any hope of convincing Siakam that he should stay at that organization and you're not going to completely have to devolve into a rebuild and you want to stay competitive for the next few years, get someone who's going to embellish his abilities, get him the ball, get him in good spots. Even though he's not a great three-point shooter, he can get better. He just had a down year. Jalen Suggs would have been the perfect pick because Evan Mobley ended up going three. Now you're in a place where you got Scotty Barnes, and who, who, don't get me wrong, is probably not too far back in, the, in, in his value from Jalen Suggs. But what I'm saying is that in terms of fit for your team, it's just like I was talking with the Lakers. This just, why would you pick someone at the position of someone who you already have and is your star player, no less? Like, it doesn't make sense in terms of you trying to win. And then lastly, I just want to talk for a little bit about my team, the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm honestly pretty happy with how our draft ended up. I reserve the right to correct that later in, in the year, but... You know, there was some worrisome talk about Zion and his displeasure with the organization along with it, or maybe it was his family's, I don't know. The point is, it was not good in the weeks leading up. And so there's a lot of pressure on this organization to put a good team around Zion and get them to the playoffs this upcoming year. So they ended up trading Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe in the 10th overall pick to the Memphis Grizzlies for Jonas Valanciunas and the 17th overall pick in this year. And I'm honestly, I'm not going to say that he's a top five center in this league because he's not. But Jonas Valanciunas is something 
That is a huge step up from Steven Adams last year. Jonas has more ability on the defensive end. He's a plus defender. But like most importantly, Jonas Valanciunas can hit a regular three-pointer. He shoots 36% from three. And that is a big step up from Steven Adams, who was just in there clogging the paint for Zion. So even though Zion was spectacular, he usually had you know, around two guys underneath the rim trying to defend him. So I'd be interested to see what would happen once they spaced the floor. And they, they really, really took that to heart. I mean, at 17 overall, we took Trey Murphy III, who was at UVA last year, and I didn't know anything about him. But turns out he was the best shooter of all time for the, for the University of Virginia. He shot 50-40-90 last year, first time ever. And he had the highest three-point percentage ever at UVA. So I'm not opposed to it. Seems like we really are just trying to put some um, shooters around him. And they really tried to fix our other, our, probably our biggest weakness, is that we can't play defense or we're not willing to play defense. They picked up in the second round, early second round, I think it was number 37, Herbert Jones. And I didn't know anything about him either. But when I looked him up, turns out he was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year last year. He's, I think, 6'6", with a wingspan of 7 foot. He's a 3 or a 4, some kind of forward. And apparently he's capable of defending all positions. Now, he didn't shoot spectacularly from 3, but 35% ain't bad, and he should... He plays pretty well on the offensive end, but where he really makes his money is defense, and that's something we need. Someone who can kind of space the floor and give Brandon Brandon Ingram some minutes on the bench and allow us to not completely lose control and actually lock some people up. So that's something I'm excited to see. I know second rounders aren't usually the best thing in the world, but if you can just, at the very least, not you don't even have to score. But if you can just put all your energy into defense, like a Lou Dort type guy, maybe a little bit bigger than Lou Dort, probably a lot bigger than Lou Dort. But something that I never doubt about Lou Dort, even though he was a late pick, is that he gives it all on defense. And you know what? Now the only real question that we have is Lonzo Ball. I mean, personally, I'd be kind of happy if we signed him. He showed real improvement in his three-point shot, and that's what we're really trying to focus on, spreading the floor. And he's young. That's the main thing. He's young. He can always get better. He's shown a willingness to improve, which is all you can really ask for. I mean, if he's if he's trying to improve and sometimes it's just not there, then, I mean, yeah, you don't want to pay big money to a guy like that, but at least he's trying. On the other hand, you have Kyle Lowry, who can hit a three. He's Good at orchestrating an offense. He's a, he was a solid point guard. I mean, he won a championship with Kawhi Leonard not too long ago. He's, he's good. In terms of his defensive ability, I mean, he's really good at taking charges. He's more than willing to take a hit. But other than that, he's not really a plus defender. Like, I've seen him, I've seen him try, and I, I, the charges are all well and good, but it's, it's, not, it's not the same. He's... He just doesn't have it. He's 36 or something like that. 
I'd rather have someone with serious upside who can grow alongside Zion. Who's going to be there to get him the ball and throw him sick lobs. Because they already have that chemistry. If Lonzo can just develop his defensive ability a little bit, which he's shown that he's pretty good at already, Pelicans could be really good in a few years. And then we just got to see what Shea, uh, not Shea, then we got to see what Nikhil Alexander-Walker does, and along with Kiar Lewis, Lewis Jr. Alexander-Walker was pretty good last year. He took a nice big step. He played some seriously good basketball in stretches. So we'll see how that goes, you know. I think there's a lot of potential. I like the moves, but of course, we could really I could really eat my words because it's the Pelicans. So we'll see how that goes. Anyway, that's it for me. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great day. Balling crazy with the hang time.